Well, happy October, Chris. I just love a new month. I know. I love a new month when there's like significant change, right? I, it's not so much like the June to July or July to August. It's just hot and hot and just keep hot. In the fall, a new month means like cooler weather, like October. It really starts to chill down a little bit. We get some cooler nights. Many, many, many more lovely days uh, are spent on the back um, screened in porch. So yeah, and for me, it's one, it's the weather, but it's also it's don't laugh, but it's like turning the page in your planner to like a new month. There's the excitement of blank pages, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that just really doesn't resonate as much with me. Yeah, my calendar, um, the pages turn with the swipe of my thumb. Like I just, that's where my calendars change. You're missing out. I'm just going to say you're missing out. (laughs) I'm missing out out on on turning, physically turning the page and, and having to carry that around with me all the time. I'm missing out on that. Yes, Um, you are. For sure. So yeah, can't completely um, relate. But what I also love about October, Christy, is that we've got some really great things coming in October. So we've got um, a couple one days. We've got one coming up in Dallas, Fort Worth. That is actually this coming weekend. And then the following weekend, we have one in Richmond that's coming up. I know I'm super excited about these one days. So these one days are like families get to come and they're served by volunteers. It's like a big party for the day. So there's activities for your whole family all day. You're served by amazing volunteers. And then there's also time for the parents to just have time to themselves with other parents. And the greatest part is that like, you're all from the same place. Your kids are all going through cancer treatment. So you get just some time to create some relationship in the day too. Yeah. It's so it, we pack a lot. We pack a lot into a one day, but Um, Like you said, it's worth it because we're bringing together not just the families that are going to sit together in common ground. Not only are they going to be within, you know, 30 to 45, maybe an hour's distance of each other, is all of the volunteers that come in for the day as well, they're from that same area. So everybody that's on that retreat is from that area. So when it's in Dallas-Fort Worth, they're all going to be in that Dallas-Fort Worth area. So it's so much easier to connect, support each other, and just now create this great little community. So I, that's what I love about about these one days. Yeah, I can't wait to hear all the stories that come out of those two weekends. Um, so today, everybody, we're talking to Erica Coy. Erica's awesome. She's a mental health counselor, and she's an avid lighthouser. She's a volunteer and a huge fan of ours. Um, she's really devoted her life to just caring about others and they're putting their well-being first and just wanting them to be like the best version of themselves. Yeah, you guys are going to really enjoy this. So let's listen in on the conversation with her. Hey, Erica, I am so glad you're here today. Tell us, I heard that there's a story behind how you found out about us and that it's an interesting one. So how did you find Lighthouse? Yeah, so um, it was about December of 2019-ish. Um And when I found out about Lighthouse, so just to kind of set the scene, I was working full-time, which was about 50 hours a week, and I was also a full-time master's student. So I had a lot going on, Um, and I have a really good friend. His name is Trayton, and we are both night owls. And so since I had so much going on, we would there was this 24-hour McDonald's that was connected to a truck stop in Sparta, Kentucky. So we would go there. (laughs) Yeah, we would go there and work on homework or catch up on work, whatever projects we were doing. And so he and I were sitting there, it was like probably one o'clock in the morning. We had some really late nights and he said, he was scrolling through social media and he saw the Be Rich campaign and they had posted about Lighthouse. Um, And he said, hey, have you ever heard of this? Heard of what Lighthouse is? And I was like, no, I have no idea. And he said, well, you should check it out. 
So I jumped on the website, read about it for a little bit. And at one o'clock in the morning, I sent an email to Michelle Rotonda, who works for Lighthouse and just said, hey, can I have some more information about this? How can I get involved? So I kind of just jumped into it from there. Wow. One o'clock in the morning. You know, we don't think to really like put ourselves out there to the 1 a.m. up all night you know, getting ready for school the next day group. Yeah, Maybe we're missing in, a category of people. I'm usually sleeping, so I'm not thinking about how to right, reach that group. Right, We yeah. haven't. So now we have one person we've reached that way. Yeah, that's, um, that's interesting. You know, tired enough to say yes to whatever happens. <laughs> so, you, so you send Michelle an email, who's a rock star, by the way. Um, so you send her an email and you get some more info, and then do you decide to, to serve? What made you decide or want to serve and come and be on a retreat? Yeah. So she emailed me back the next day, not at one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) She emailed me back and just kind of let me know how I could get involved. And something that I had, I was going to step into 2020 with, I had listened to a different podcast and they had talked about giving yourself a word for the year. So whatever that meant for you and using that word to kind of just guide you through your year, through things um, to get involved with. And so I am a simple person. Um, My word was just yes. Um, yes to whatever opportunity um, popped up. And I actually have a really good friend and mentor. um, And she had told me years ago, um, give God your yes and see what he does with it. And so that's kind of where that came from. Um, And I just decided, okay, yeah, let me try this out. That was my first yes of 2020, even though it technically happened in 2019. Yeah. Okay. You said it's a simple word, but that's a big word. It's a big word. Like, that's a scary word. Yeah, don't let anybody <laughs> else, when you pick that word, you don't want anyone else necessarily to, <laughs> to know. Because then they'll, they're all going to ask you stuff you have to say yes to. So I have to, so I've been trying to do this word thing for several years. Honestly, several of us in the office tried one year. And honestly, I think the last word I did was focus. And then I like forgot halfway through the year that it was focus, which did not <laughs> bode well. But did you come up with a word? What is your word for 2022? Yeah, like I said simple um if you come up so focus is a hard one sometimes you want to make it really great and innovative um but i learned that it's easier to stick to it if it's simple so this one's actually kind of like my yes word um, for 2022 but it's just go so whether that's go to mcdonald's at 1 a.m go to mcdonald's at 1 a.m go across the room and say hi to the person sitting by themselves it doesn't have to be a big thing it can be something small um just like getting up and walking across the room and going to say hi to someone yeah those are really great words when i think of one word i think like pizza (laughs) i think that would be a really good that's a good word for the year that is a good word for the year it's a a very yummy word for Uh the year yeah i think i was trying too hard with focus I think I was just aiming it too high. So maybe 2023, I'm going to reach out to you and ask for some tips before 2023. Maybe your word could be dogs. Dogs. Like, like you can combine it with hers and get go dogs. Go to, oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe you managed to squeeze that in there. You Georgia people just fit it in anyway. I know we darn this, Georgia not people. not you, this Georgia person. We, we I Georgia just live people. in the state. I don't. <laughs> you don't just live in the state. Your three boys know, all are Georgia people. No, I don't think that probably that's going to be 2023, but thank you for the tip. Yeah, that's all good. Um, just throwing it out there. So you've said yes. You said yes to us. How many times have you said yes? Like how many retreats have you been yes. on? No. Yes. So I've been on four retreats so far. Um, so my first one was in Florida. It was a week-long seaside retreat. And then I also did the weekend retreat in Colorado. 
And then I did the seaside week-long retreat in St. Simons Island, Georgia. And then I also just back got back from the North Carolina sunrise retreat at Baldhead Island. So I've kind of jumped around everywhere. I mean, not wow. only did you say yes, but you decided to try one of everything. That's right. Like one of everything we do. That's right. right. It's that like you're be- playing lighthouse bingo. Right, and you're. Oh, that guy actually oh could be a really gosh, fun idea. Oh my we should we do need to, that. We need to write Katie? that down. Yeah, we're gonna come up with. You've just inspired a great idea. Oh, Erica, this is bingo. happening. Close. I would be the first winner, probably. I know. <laughs> that is awesome. Even better. But winner. you're like locking up all the bingo locations. That's pretty yeah. impressive. Okay, we have to bring it back because now my mind is completely on all the ways that all we right. could do. All right, okay, we're gonna bring, bring it, it back. back. Bring so, it back. So, so Erica, we've talked okay. a lot about your your <laughs> lighthouse experience. You've mentioned working in grad school. So, what is working? Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, uh, what's your background, and and uh, and and give our listeners uh, some of some of that insight. Yeah. So, I am a mental health counselor. Um, right now I work at a community college and I'm the mental health counselor for them. And I also, um, do a little bit of training for faculty and staff to help them understand mental health of the students and how to take care of not only the students, but also their own mental health. Um, but just to kind of take it back to my background, I have a bachelor's degree from Indiana university in psychology. And then my master's degree is in clinical rehabilitation and mental health counseling from West Virginia university which is a mouthful. Um, And yeah, so I've been working in mental health for about five years. Uh, Whenever I was in college, I had an internship. I've kind of done a lot of things. So I had an internship with college age students on the autism spectrum. I did an internship at a homeless shelter. Um, I've worked with teenagers um, with a program called the Transition to Independence Process. So overcoming their mental health struggles to help them become independent, whatever that looked like for them. Um, And then I was also an intake specialist where I was the first point of contact for anyone coming in to get a mental health evaluation. I was the person diagnosing them and setting up their treatment plan, um, whatever that looked like for them and connecting them with resources. So that's a lot of different internships. And I didn't know you had that many summers um, and you can do it. Well done. Fitting all that in. Well, she's saying yes to a lot of things. You said yes and you're going. You said yes and you're going. And you're going. So... that mental health counselor can kind of be broad, right? And you've mentioned a lot of different things you did internship wise for some specifics, but in your role now, is there like a, like what's the specific areas you're focusing on right now? Yeah. So right now um, it actually kind of became more broad in the position I'm in now, to be honest. Um, So I work at a community college, which is really interesting because sometimes that is 18 year olds coming straight out of high school and figuring out what adult life looks like but other times I just met with someone about a week ago she is 64 I believe and she decided to go back to college because she's an empty nester now so um, it's a broad range of ages and um, some people it's just anxiety that comes with school other times they have more severe mental health diagnoses so not really a focus necessarily um, but I get to do a lot which I kind of like I like different experiences what so talking about what you like what do you love most about what you do oh gosh that's such a good question um I think people in general we like to put ourselves in boxes we don't even know that we're doing that sometimes so I like to be the person that can help them break those barriers whether they know they're setting them or not um and the flip side of that is I get to pour into them and cheer them on Um, obviously counseling is a lot more than just cheering someone on, but helping them to find the strength within themselves and empower them to live up to what their fullest potential is. Um, And I think that sometimes, especially when you get a diagnosis of any kind, you 
that kind of becomes heavy on you and that's almost a label you put on yourself so I'm kind of the person that says no matter what label is put on you there's still potential that you can reach and I love that part of it um, watching the person develop and grow into who they were created to be yeah and just be you have to be a really great listener mm-hmm. yeah definitely this is probably I mean in my lifetime at least there's never been more of a focus on mental health as there has been especially in the last few years with things that everybody has gone through and of course the families that we serve, um, mental health tends to fall to the bottom of the list, but it is a hugely important part that they probably don't really deal with or, you know, like find time for during treatment. Um, you just, Chris just mentioned being, being a good listener. And, um, when I think of that, it's also like being present with people and listening well, how do you do that when you're distracted and how important is just the fact that you're there and you're a good listener? Yeah, I think that one big thing um, with listening and kind of a a stereotype, I think, that comes along with counseling is that someone's going to come into my office and that I'm going to have all the answers for them. And actually counseling and just being present and listening to someone is the complete opposite of that. Um, But our tendency, if I come to you with a problem, you want to be able to say, how can we fix this? What can I do? What do you need from me? Um, we a lot of times we're just fixers and we want an answer but I think really just sitting and listening to a person and letting them talk giving them that space to talk about anything and everything is so much more helpful than you'll even realize Um, I have a a story if we have time for a story and it's one of my favorite um, lighthouse memories actually and it was on the Colorado weekend retreat Um, so the way that the rooms were set up, there were shared um, back porches, and I shared my back porch with a retreat family, so someone who was in treatment actively at that time. And so I was sitting, and they had their door open, and I heard the mom say something like, oh, I wish I had a Coke. And we were in the middle of nowhere in Colorado. The closest store was 45 minutes away, but I happened to have a Coke in my room. And so I was like, hey, I have a Coke. Let me go grab it for you. And I brought it back to her and the mom just started crying and I, my heart melted. I, you know, you don't think that a Coke, something that simple would help someone. And we sat on the back porch for literally two hours and she was talking to me about her child being in treatment. She was talking to me about how she was feeling, but then also other things like their family vacation. She had gotten remarried not too long um, before that retreat. And so she was talking about anything and everything. And at the end, she said, whoa, this is the first time I've gotten the space to just sit and talk. And so we kind of talked about going through the motions, being in autopilot and not thinking about the day-to-day, not thinking about how you're feeling, but just kind of having to go numb to take care of the task at hand, to go through the treatments, to do the appointments, all of that. And so just giving her that space impacted her more than she thought it would and more than I ever thought that a Coke would. I wasn't doing anything miraculous. There was no um, you know, counseling tactics or techniques that I was using, but we were literally just sitting, sharing a Coke. Wow. You know, I, that's a, such a great story, um, Eric. And I think, um, I think what I can learn from that is, and you've got a lot of amazing training, a training that I don't have, right? But to be able to just sit and be present and listen to someone, I don't need training to do that, right? right. I can sit and listen. Now I'm not going to be able to, you know, counsel them or you know anything like that because I don't have the training for that but what I learned from that is golly I just need to sometimes just be present for someone and just sit and listen because a lot of times that's just what what folks need is an opportunity to be able to 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 do that 
Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to go through years and years of training. Obviously there are some situations that need sure. more, yeah. um, more advanced help or seeking out a therapist or something like Absolutely. that. But I think on the, on the front lines, if you're someone who is on the front lines and, you know, has a friend or family member that's going through something. You can just sit and listen. That's right. Yeah. You know, you also gave her permission, like you mentioned autopilot and, you know, when I think about being in treatment, there was just this survival mode kind of just, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. And, you know, your own physical health, your own mental health goes like they're not even on the list. Like they're so far off the bottom of the list that they're not even on the list. You gave her permission to just sit for an hour and talk about that stuff. Can you, can you talk a little bit about, um, like giving yourself permission to focus on yourself, like that self-focus that we don't in a normal world, moms don't take time for it, but then you add in, now I have a sick child. So now it feels selfish and now I don't have time for it for real. Um, can you just talk about the importance of making the time for that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things with that question, we live in a world that kind of leads to us being in autopilot. Everything's in fast forward. Everything's moving so fast. And sometimes we're going through the mo- the motions. And then I'm sure, I mean, I've obviously, I don't have kids. I've never been in a situation where I've gotten a diagnosis, but I'm sure from that moment on everything at some point just becomes a blur. And you're like, what do I need to do next? What's next on the list? Like you said, being able to stop and take time for yourself, saying that to a parent, um, especially of a sick child, probably, like you said, it's not even on the list. Um, but I think making time to do that and feel your feelings, giving yourself permission to feel your feelings, even though that may feel selfish um, or it may feel like I don't have time to do this. I don't have two minutes to carve out of my day. I think being able to feel what you're feeling is going to make you more present in the moment with your child or in the day-to-day instead of going through the motions and getting to the end of your day and being like, what did I even do today? Um, So taking the time to stop and take a deep breath and let yourself acknowledge what you're feeling um, and saying like, okay, I am sad right now. That was a really hard doctor's appointment. I don't like seeing my child go through this. Um, Whatever that looks like on the day-to-day stopping and recognizing that emotion and something we talk about I actually just did a training on this earlier today is naming the emotion and then processing it and then letting it go so going through that those steps because sometimes when you feel nothing it's hard to put a name to an emotion you get out of the habit of naming what you're feeling but whenever you're in a situation where you're feeling so many things you can say I'm feeling so many things whether you need to verbalize that or just think it to yourself Um, It makes it a lot easier to process it when you put a name to it. Instead of I'm feeling everything all at once, but I have 10 other things on my to-do list, you can say I'm feeling everything all at once. Let me take a second to feel this. The to-do list will still be there in two minutes after I take this time to myself. Yeah. That's, um, that's really good thoughts. It's, um, it takes a lot of awareness, I think, for someone, a lot of self-awareness to be able to see that. Are there tips or tricks that you can offer that you share with folks on how to pay attention to those types of things to pay attention to their need for, for, for health, for mental health? Yeah. Um, I think it starts with, um, like y'all were saying, I think it starts with, first of all, giving yourself permission, because if you're, um, if you put on your blinders to how you're feeling, then you're never going to see it. So giving yourself that permission. And then it, sometimes it literally just takes 30 seconds of closing your eyes, taking a deep breath and saying, what am I feeling right now? That's the easiest way to do it, especially in a life that is so, hectic and you feel like you're running around and don't have you know a a 30 minute 
morning meditation time that you can carve out because it's go, go, go from the second you wake up until the second you go to bed. So I think, yeah, just being intentional about carving that into your day, whether it's 30 seconds, five minutes, or, you know, maybe on some good days, it'll be an hour where you get some self-care in there, but um, not expecting that it's going to be that and being okay with, okay, I just got a minute to myself. um, And then maybe the next day it's an hour to yourself being okay with whatever the day brings and um, just kind of adjusting to that. Yeah. I almost think, you know, for those of you listening, it's almost like setting, uh, like you set a, an alarm on your watch or on your phone that goes off, you know, at certain times throughout the day. And you just know that that's my, that's my alarm, my reminder to stop and breathe. You know, I'm going to breathe for that minute, you know, or for the next five minutes, I'm going to stop whatever I'm doing. And I'm just going to breathe. Right. And just take some of that time. And just, it's, it's like those types of things you get, because otherwise your day just gets going. Right. And so that at least stops you in the middle of it to, to remind you that, Hey, this is important. Yeah. Hey, Eric, so you said you don't have kids yourself, but that, um, but you have met a lot of our families because you've been doing a lot of different retreats, which is awesome. So if those families were listening right now, what would you tell them? um, Not just tips like you just gave, but like, what, what is the, what is the purpose? What could be gained from taking that time? Like, what is, what, why is it important for them to not do what I did and just say, I'll think about this in three years when, when I'm done and I'm just, I got to go, I got to compartmentalize. I'm just going to tuck it under. I know what that does to someone cause I'm on the other side of it. But for somebody like the families that you've been meeting, what would you tell them, um, to kind of dissuade them from doing exactly what I did? For, yeah. For example. No. And there's definitely a time and place for that. But I think that, um, something that I've heard this in, therapy or in like school and all of this but also in other situations where if you've ever flown on a plane the metaphor that goes with flying on a plane where if you ever need to use the oxygen mask put it on yourself first and then help the people around you I think that is so applicable because if you're not breathing then how are you going to help everyone else you know so if you're feeling all of these things and feeling overwhelmed it might seem like the best option to put your child's feelings ahead of yours, which of course that seems like the best thing to do, but ultimately feeling your feelings um, and being able to give yourself that time as well. And that grace to feel things um, it's going to help you be more present with them. It's going to help you be more um, loving and caring to the people around you rather than just feeling numb. Um, And it's really easy to feel numb in situations like that and feel like you're just going through the motions to try to get to whatever the finish line is, wherever that is. But being able to say this is a journey and it's a journey we're going on together and it's going to be emotional and it's going to be up and down. Let's strap in and do it. I think that it becomes so you again, you become so much more present and it becomes you get closer with the people around you when you can be open and honest and raw about those things that you're feeling. That's the thing right there. Yep, absolutely. Um, Erica, we, first of all, we're so excited that you found us at one o'clock in the morning in a McDonald's 24 hour McDonald's. You were the first and only person that's ever told us that. And I love that story. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good story. I'm, well, now my my follow up question is: um, so, what did you eat? Did you get like a quarter pounder with cheese, a Big Mac? Was it ice cream? Fountain was Coke? 
Fount- yeah. I'm going for fountain coke. Oh yeah, definitely coke. It was always a McChicken and fries and coke. McChicken and yep. fries and coke. All right. Yep. Good choice at one a.m. Um, yeah. Thanks for finding us. Thank you for serving in so many different ways. You've been on all the different kinds of things. Thanks for the bingo idea, which we will be discussing yes. at length. <laughs> um, but also thank you for what you do. I think probably your job is not the easiest right now, mm-hmm. and. We need more people like you every single day because we're all realizing how much we need it. So thanks for going and going to school and working and Mm -hmm. having to stay up all night to do it and kind of putting yourself in this position to help people with all of their big feelings. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I do it a million times over. (laughs) Hey, Christy. Wow, what a um, great concept. Just never underestimate the power of being present. Just those are good words. I feel like that is somewhat of a lost art, but it's just so important. Um, I hope you all can take that advice that she gave and everything else that Erica mentioned and just kind of put it into the rest of your week. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys joining us. Thank you so much for being a part of the Lighthouse podcast. And you guys can catch us next week for our next episode. We'll see you all next week.